Welcome to the I'll Finish That podcast, where we chat about managing our weight goals and daily life challenges. I'm your host, Lawrence, and today I'm joined by Sierra. Sierra, welcome. Thank you, Lawrence. Hi. Hello. Again, another uh, catch-up episode for myself. It's been a while since we've gotten to see each other, so I'm really excited that we have had an opportunity to catch up, and you look fantastic, by the way. So do you, Lawrence. Thank you. Thank you so much. So, Again, um, we're here to talk about you and your journey because you have a really unique journey from that standpoint. So why don't you tell me a little bit about it? Well, uh, I don't even know where to start, I guess. Um, I, I, at my highest weight, I'll just start right into that, I guess. At my highest weight, I was at 245 pounds. I was at that weight probably since I was in high school um, and up until after high school. I didn't start losing weight until... Actually, until we started working together around that time, so like about three years ago, um, is when I really started making progress. But I'd been trying for a while, uh, right through high school, um, trial and error, a lot of error and a lot of getting knocked down, um, but found my way to get back up, I guess, now. And I was able to kind of cha- change that from letting things knock me down to um, using it to empower me to keep moving forwards, so... I ended up losing uh, 100 and, 105 pounds now. My lowest was 110 pounds, but I had a little bit of a low point, but <laughs> I have to be honest. So, <laughs> 105 pounds, that is absolutely amazing. So you should be very proud of yourself for that because it's not easy to do. Um, but it's exciting to see you kind of go through the journey. So you, you didn't necessarily, at least from my standpoint, openly talk about it. You kind of just went through it quietly. So I always like to ask the why. What was it that said, Kate, today's the day I'm going? Well, uh, it's like you said, I did it privately. Even when I started losing weight, I got rid of all my social media too. Ironically, around the same time, not because of it. Um, But it was more of a personal thing for me because as much as other people would hold me accountable, um, I knew that there was also then like an expectation and then the expectation would scare me if other people were expecting this and I couldn't do it, um, it would overwhelm me. So when it was just me, it was different if I focused on my own goals. So even if um, when I first started going to the gym, I just did walking. I did uh, inclined walking. And the first time I went, I think I could do it for maybe 10 minutes and then I was exhausted. So I couldn't do it anymore. But I knew that I did 10 minutes that was my benchmark. So then the next time I go, I'm going to try and beat what I did as opposed to focusing on like the athletic runner on the treadmill next to me going like for 35, like even an hour, like just running straight. Like that always freaked me out. But you have to kind of channel and focus on your own, like what you're doing and what your benchmarks are. And so that's what I was doing is silently. I was kind of focusing on my own benchmarks and it was easier to do it by myself without distractions, I guess. Um, And especially when COVID like hit and then the gyms closed, that made it really difficult. But I kind of used that to get creative. So I found a lot of exercises I could do in my house, like you were saying, or, um, you know, like a lot of people do. Um, So I did some ab workouts. I did, um, I started doing yoga actually, which was interesting. Um, And I never really thought I would do that, but I did. Um, So yeah, so I guess I was just I, d- I work better independently. It's just my personality. So well, I, I've talked to obviously quite a few people regarding weight loss and stuff like that. And we've been working through it. And I think that the common narrative is, is you have to want to do this on your own first, right? Like you can't, mm-hmm. you can't rely on your girlfriend to come to the gym with you. You yeah. can't rely on your buddy to want to do protein shakes afterwards. It, it can't adjust you. And 
And until then, you don't know. But I, I kind of want to go deeper into it because if you're saying that you you had the opportunity to go out and try to start losing weight and you wanted to do it, but what was the why? Like when you go deep down inside, what was it that eventually changed it? Well, I was always like, like I said, I was always the bigger kid. Like I was always, even in elementary school growing up, I was just, I was always a little bit bigger. And I used to buy clothes that would not fit me. It was clothes that would hide like the parts of me that I didn't like. So I'd wear like oversized clothes. I used to wear like men's gym shorts and like big t-shirts in elementary school whenever it would be hot out like in the summer. Um, so I wouldn't wear stuff that I would maybe want to wear because it didn't look right. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of it was because I wanted to feel more comfortable and be able to like be myself like and actually be myself, not kind of be myself with like a filter on it in a way. Um, and I also wanted to be healthier. Like I wanted to, I knew that like running up the stairs and being out of breath when you're like in your ni- like 19, 20 year old, like you shouldn't be out of breath when you run up the stairs, but I was. So it was one of those things that I, I wanted to get better. So I knew I had to kind of try and find somewhere to start. Um, and that was, I guess I just had enough of it. So I guess I just decided it's time. And, and so you ultimately, you did it for yourself, which yeah. is, which is so cool. And I love to do it. So I'm going to go to the how. So how did it all start? Like, what was the goal, I guess, is the first question. Um, so I had a goal weight, just like everybody had a goal weight. Um, what was I, that goal I wanted weight? to be 130 pounds. Okay. Um, so 130 pounds, you said you were 245, and you've lost 105 pounds. Yeah. The lowest I've hit right. is 135. So I've been within five pounds of my goal, which is insane to actually say, because I never thought I was going to get that close to it. And a lot of people told me I couldn't get that close to it, too, because it was such a dramatic Well, change, I think but. me personally, also being a bigger guy, there's a lot of people that just think you can't. Like, it's just, no, that's who your body type is. And I think you realize quickly how wrong it is. I think we choose. Like, sure, there's bone density and people are yeah. going to have bigger bones and some of that stuff maybe you can't control. But ultimately, you get to control how much muscle and fat you put on you. You, you really ultimately do. So. I mean, but where did the 135 or where did the 130 goal come in? I just, that's what I I did a little bit of research. I'm not a very intensive researcher, but I did a bit of research on what a healthy weight was from my age, my height, my like gender and all of that. So did you look at the BMI chart? Is that what you kind of looked at? I think so. It was a while ago and it was just one of those things I wrote down. I was like one day and then I like kind of left it at that. And then when I started losing weight, I started seeing that it was getting, I was getting closer to that like ideal that I had maybe thought about and never really took seriously. Um, but I think it was based on BMI. I think that's what it was. Yeah. I know that I don't think doctors are using it all that much anymore because the BMI scale can be really out of whack if you're yeah. very muscular. Like, yeah. I mean, bodybuilders are considered obese because they're, yeah. they're overweight compared to their height. But 130, obviously, that's an aggressive goal. That's 145 pounds that you wanted to lose. So you set your goal of 130. What came next? What was the starting point from there? Um, Well, I tried a lot of different diets first. Like I wasn't big on doing a whole bunch of exercise, mainly because I didn't know what I was doing. So I didn't want to do things wrong. So I thought I would try and focus on my diet. But when I first started trying to focus on it, I went way too extreme. Like I was doing those kind of, or trying, I should say, trying to do these crazy diets that completely flip what you were doing before. Um, like for, for example, uh, when I was in high school, I came home one day and I printed out this menu of, I can't even remember what kind of diet it was. It was like a keto paleo, something like that. 
and it had a very strict like your breakfast is either this or this your lunch is this or this and your dinner is this or this so I came home with that and I gave it to my mom and I was like mom I'm starting to eat better this is what I'm gonna eat and she laughed at me she pushed it back she's like no you're not you're gonna eat what I made for dinner and that's how it's gonna be so um a lot of times it didn't work out and realistically like mom's no best I probably wouldn't have been able to stick with it because there was no joy in it it was like a whole grain piece of toast with like one piece of you know it was so it was the starving diet yeah it was something like that don't feed yourself let's just start completely and i've seen a couple of those it's a little bit scary it's intense and i think it's funny because going through my journey with the basically it's a calorie set deficit i don't care what anybody's doing that's what it comes down to starving yourself could have the opposite effect it'll make your body hold on to stuff that it shouldn't be right to hold on to fat and actually remove muscle from you from that standpoint so Mm -hmm. it's uh it's scary when i hear Especially more on the female side, they're like, "Oh, I'm gonna eat 600 calories for day. 600 yeah. calories? That's my breakfast. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, you can't live life like that. So that's exciting. Sure. So then, what did you end up going towards after it? So what I found worked for me was I couldn't do like a whole diet change. It had to be more like progressive. So I had to do it like one step at a time. So what actually was my deciding factor and the first thing that I like tweaked was I used to drink pop like all the time. We used to always have it in my in my fridge, and then when I go out for dinner, every, you know, every takeout meal comes with a pop like it's just a natural thing but it never really did anything for me like it wasn't like I was gonna miss it I didn't think so I decided that the first thing I would try and do is stop drinking pop like in caffeinated drinks like that um so I stopped doing that and like funny enough I started doing that around like Lent that time where like people give things up so my mom's side of my family still make fun of me about it saying like what is it Lent is that why you're not drinking pop (laughs) but um but I cut it out I it was it wasn't even that hard at the beginning, I don't think. I just started drinking water instead. Um, and yeah, I, I, that was my first thing. And then once I got that out of my system, I, when you stop drinking pop, I don't know if you drink pop, but when you stop drinking like sugary drinks like that, it makes a big difference on how you feel. Yeah. Um, no, so totally. I, pop is something that I definitely cut out of my regimen. I think it was... I love how you said you didn't like just cut everything out of your life and you started small because I think that is what helped me be successful. I didn't, I didn't stop eating out at work. I didn't stop doing other things. I just changed the way I was doing it. So it allowed you to kind of slowly work your body into how it's going to be to make it work. Yeah, exactly. So I like that. So you gave up the pop. What was next? And then I was motivated because I was like, okay, that was a good choice. Good job. And I was like, what can I do next? So then I was thinking, I didn't want to start just like cutting things out of my diet because I was worried that I was going to not stick with it. So I realized I should do some kind of exercise. So I think that was when I decided to do, um, I must said intermittent walking. It's uh, inclined walking uh, where you I'd walk on a treadmill, like regular pace. Like I wasn't like going crazy or anything, but I would just increase the like incline on the treadmill. So it is intense. I don't know if you've ever done it. It actually is like almost as intense as running. It always like you'd be sweating and like tired by the end of it. Um, but I started doing that uh, because my big thing was I felt I still felt pretty self-conscious because I was still bigger. Like I didn't lose like a crazy amount of weight from cutting out pop, but um, I wanted to go do something. So I knew walking I knew the proper form to walk like you can't really not know how to walk so I was like I'm gonna try and do that because I can go in the gym and I'm not gonna think oh am I doing it right is everyone watching me um and so I just go in I do my walking and then I would leave like that was the only thing I do at the gym and um and it worked because I would keep going back because I felt good about it I never pushed myself too far but I pushed myself enough that I would beat like the last time um and then once I built that habit it was again it's 
okay, I got that. I feel comfortable, feel good. Like I know how to do that. Maybe I'll add something now. And then I would find like one little exercise that I could add to it. Like at the end, I would go, uh, it like machines and stuff. So I stuck a lot with my, my lower body, like, cause I was stronger there from doing the walking. So I kept going with that. So I do some of the like leg machines, like the, I don't know what they're called, but like the leg lift ones or like where you kick down. I don't know what they're called, but you know, <laughs> your, your quad and your hamstring. Yeah, exactly. Raises. Yeah, no, for sure. That's exciting because, I mean, I had a similar probably journey. At first, for me, it was the food. And then after I'd lost a couple of bit of, a little bit of weight, then I started doing the walking because everybody can walk. Nobody can stop you from yeah. walking. I have seen this new fad about the incline walking where they talk about like 10 minutes on an incline is the same as equivalent to running for half an hour or something like that. And maybe it's true, but if it's going to hurt my legs, I don't want to do it afterwards. Yeah. (laughs) I've done the running thing. I still have my goal is I want to be able to run a half marathon and hopefully I'll get there with COVID. We'll see what happens, but um, we'll get there slowly. But I want a little bit touch more back on the diet part because it's not just hitting yeah. the gym and, and being able to go from there. So you cut out pop, and then what did we start doing to help shred this 105 pounds, <laughs> which is amazing. Well, um, I guess I started doing, like, calorie counting in a way. I wasn't very knowledgeable about macros or anything like that when I first started. Um, I focused more on, like, trying to cut out the things that I, I didn't really need. Like, one of my biggest problems with not maybe not problems but my habits was I would snack like all the time so when I was I'd be at home I just keep eating it's like when you're watching a movie and you're eating popcorn and then you realize like the whole bowl is gone you're like oh my god the movie's like barely started like it was those kind of things <laughs> you're just mindlessly doing it because I was bored or because you know it was just happening while I was doing other things um and actually working at like the call center that helped a lot with cutting out the snacking because a, we weren't allowed to eat at our desk, so it was easy because you're not supposed to eat. So really, it's not that hard not to. But also, you're so busy running around that you don't have time to, like, snack on things. You have time to eat your lunch if you get lucky enough to then take, like, that time to work and, like, sit down and actually um, have a lunch. So that was one of my biggest diet tweaks, I think, was cutting out the snacking and making it more, like, main meals. Like I'm going to sit down and eat this and then I'm going to stop. I'm going to like have my, do my like work, do this, do that, and then come back, have my dinner or like whatever. So Some other advice that I got that was really interesting and I started doing it and sharing with other people was to have zero distractions while you're eating. Turn off your TV, turn off your phone, just focus on the food that's in front of you. And you'll realize quickly how much you eat just because it's a natural thing to do while the food's in front of you. So that was my biggest challenge was when I had kids and especially when they started eating meals, uh, going out for restaurants and stuff, they would never finish it. I saw the food, I would pick it and just start picking at it and waiting, right? And so I taught myself to throw a napkin on it so I wouldn't touch it anymore. But when I have the opportunity, I will make sure that I eat with no distractions because I'm pretty good now where I don't overfill my plate or anything like that. I can do it without counting, but I notice that I will keep going at it like a bowl of chips, right? Mm-hmm. Like I love popcorn. Popcorn is one of my favorite things is to snack on. You put a popcorn bag in front of me, the whole thing is going to go. But if yeah. I weigh it ahead of time and I put it there, I'll be okay. Or if I notice self-conscious, just focus on what I'm eating first, then I'll be all right in that standpoint too. So I totally get the snacking part of it yeah. from that <laughs> side, which is exciting. Um, but like I said, this isn't a journey that just started. You've been on this for how many years now? 
I guess, like, 2018 is when I first lost, like, a big chunk. Like, I lost 90 pounds in that year from right. the beginning to the end of 2018. Um, so that was my biggest, I guess, like, loss point. Um, and I started doing intermittent fasting. That was my real big, like, diet change, I think. Um, I can't remember exactly when I started doing it, but... Um, I found that I, I used it in a way that worked for me though. So like I would always eat late at night and it was something I knew was going to happen. There's no point in doing some kind of diet that makes me cut off at like a certain point cause I'm still going to do it. So I just shifted my intermittent fasting window. So I would eat from two to 10 PM and that way I figured 10 o'clock is reasonable. You really shouldn't eat that late cause then you're going to be going to bed. I don't know if it's true, but you're not supposed to eat right before bed. I think it's not good for you. I think. <laughs> I've, heard, I've heard the wives that I never did the intermittent fasting my, myself, but I, I've had lots of people do it. And then mm-hmm. a lot of people that have come on the show that even do it and it works for them. And yeah. I think my biggest thing when people ask me, like, oh, should I do this diet? This diet? I said, you got to find the diet that works for you. Exactly. It, yeah. in, in the end, it's going to be a calorie deficit no matter which way you look at it. I don't care if it's keto, intermittent fasting, or just pure calorie deficits. If you don't buy into it, it's not going to work. Yeah. So it's cool that that definitely worked for you and, and gone through there. Did you notice that you ever started one eating outside of your window or was it pretty simple for you? Um, it was not too difficult at first because I didn't wasn't big on breakfast. I didn't really like eating breakfast that much. I would just drink coffee. Um, and you could do that. You could drink coffee because it doesn't count for anything. Um So I didn't have that hard of a time. I had a hard time at first, though, pushing it as late as I had to in order to have it open until 10 p.m. Because um, it's a long time to go without eating, which I then ended up realizing it wasn't really the best thing for me, like, down the road. But um, it wasn't too difficult for me. Um, Yeah, I guess because I just because I never really ate breakfast. I always felt better. Like, after I started doing it and I got in the flow of it. I felt like I had more energy and it became easier to do um, as I went. But but yeah, it's exactly like you said. It's for everybody. It's different. So like I, I don't I wouldn't like push and recommend like intermittent fasting as the, like the better option or anything like that. Like my dad, he did keto and he lost like a crazy amount of weight doing keto because he's not big on carbs. So he was he's more like a meat meat and like butter like you know kind of thing so he's he was great like keto was made for him i think and he could maintain it so it was perfect but i tried keto and i lasted maybe like four days like i couldn't do it because i'm half italian i have pasta like it's you need like a big plate of pasta you can't do that on keto and my nonna would kill me if i didn't eat definitely can't have the pasta on the keto and it's definitely it's a lifestyle that you have to be willing to choose if that's what you're going to be able to go to that side which is good so, I mean, that was 2018. We're in 2021. Yep. The hardest part from what I hear from other people that have lost weight and I'm going through it now is the maintaining it. Mm-hmm. Because you're at, a, you're at a healthy weight now. I mean, I know it probably bugs you a little bit that you're just <laughs> not at that goal, but you're at a good spot. What have you done to continue to maintain where you're at? Because you almost hit your goal in one year. Yeah. Yeah, I did come really close. So what I used, I guess, is um, I do a lot of like self-reflecting as like maybe silly as that sounds, but it's a lot of like if something's working and I'm good with it and I've like gotten the hang of it and maybe I'm doing like the same workout for like few months and it's been working but I'm starting to get bored because I don't know I get bored easily it's like I think it's our generation but um so I need to switch it up and I know when I need to switch it up so it's thinking like okay this like I've been focusing on like an ab workout um but 
what do I want to work on next? So it's like my arms have always been something that I never worked because I just didn't have any strength and it takes a lot to build on nothing. So, well, not nothing, but on close to nothing. So I'd gear my focus there. So I just like not pick at myself, but I can't think of a better word way to say that like more positively, but I'd kind of like pick where I want to focus and then gear things towards that. And then once I'm good and I'm like, you know what, I made a lot of progress here. Now I kind of want to focus here. I keep like just kind of rejigging my path um, and setting like little benchmark goals. Um, one thing I started doing in the summer of 2020 and it's something I swore to myself I would never do is go running. Um, that was terrifying and it sucked. I did, uh, <laughs> what I do whenever I start something new though, is I give myself like a benchmark of like, this is like, try your best, see how far you get or how long you can run in this case. And then that's your starting point. So I ran, I could run for four minutes and five seconds. That was as much as I could run. And I was completely out of breath. I could barely walk home from where I was running. So it was bad. It was, like, <laughs> But it's bad in terms of like, if you compare it against like, a, I don't know, someone who runs like all the time. For me, I was amazed that I could even get that far. Um, but I kept doing it. So I knew that like four minutes, I was like, I don't like that that's the farthest I can or longest I can run. So I wanted to keep trying. So I'd keep going out and I use like apps to track like your runs. So you can see how long and like the elevation and whatever. Um, and by the end of that summer of 2020, I could, I ran for 35 minutes straight. That's amazing. It was insane. Like I couldn't even believe that I did it. So I was like, wow, that's crazy. And then when you do something like that, it's like, you get so motivated to just go do something else. Cause you're like, oh, I'm so cool. Like, and, then, and you just feel like, uh, empowered kind of, um, so yeah, so I guess um, I don't even remember the question at this point. I'm just rambling. That's but... <laughs> okay. We were talking about ma- maintaining, but I- I'm actually excited that you talked about the running because running was one of the first things that I got into and was one of the goals that I obviously I set at the time. So are you still running? Yeah, so I, I ran that summer and then when the winter came, I don't have a treadmill or anything to get onto, so I stopped. But not that long ago, maybe like two weeks ago, I think, I started doing it again. I went out maybe more than two weeks, maybe like three weeks ago. Um, and I could run for like, I think it was like 17 minutes was the longest. And then yesterday, I think it was, I ran for 26 minutes. So like I'm working my way back up. With Is like, that 26 minutes straight, no stopping? Straight, no keep stopping. Going. That's pretty cool. I can't stop. I find that I get, I lose my momentum. So I go as long as I can. And then I kind of do a cool off from there. So, so like I said, one of my goals was to to run a half marathon and yeah. hopefully I'll be able to get to do that. But one of the methods that was brought up to me was the Joe Galloway method, which is depending on where you're at, you start for every minute, you might run for 30 seconds, walk for 30 seconds, run for 30 seconds, run, walk for 30 seconds. So a lot of people can complete their first marathons or half marathons mm-hmm. doing it. Um, but I was probably similar like you. When I started running, I'm ultra competitive. I don't want to stop. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. And it's probably what set me back the most was because I ended up getting a calf injury from it. But mm. it is definitely something that is so rewarding when you're able to run. And I know there's some people that say like running's not great for you, it's not good for your body. And I can see that, but that runner's high is a thing that is for real. Like yeah, it happens real. when you start going and you want it again and again and again. So um, with the nicer weather going, hopefully that we yep. can all start getting our runs out there Definitely. and to keep going, which is exciting. So is there a goal? Have you ever thought about running a race or anything like that? No, I, so there was, when I was younger, I did like a 5k run, but I walked it. Like I didn't actually run it cause this was before I had any interest in running. So I was just like, it's fine. I'll go. I went with some friends and I was like, I'll go, but I'm going to walk. Um, but when I did my run yesterday, I did 3.5, uh, kilometers. 
So I was thinking about it and it would be really cool if I could run 5k yeah. in one go, which is like, it's not a huge, like, uh, what's the word? It's not like a too far fetched of like a goal. I don't think. Because a lot of people are able to do it. Um, but I feel like that would be a really cool benchmark to get to with running. I think everybody's goal is individual. Yeah. And you say that a lot of people can run 5K. There's also a lot of people that can't. Yeah, that's true. Right? So um, especially here, like you guys are you're at the field house here recording the podcast and people will come in and they'll be like, oh, I, I only, I've only lost 25 pounds. And I take them out there and I get them a 25-pound plate. I'm like, here you go. Go walk around with this on top of your head and, and see how it feels, right? Like you don't realize how small every goal is actually a, such a huge accomplishment. So if you yeah. are, if a 5K is your goal, trust me, it's a lot more than it's just as simple as 5K because there's lots of people that can't do that. So That's you should true. be proud of that if you're able to do it. I was lucky enough before everything got shut down that I got to do my first 5K at the Toronto Zoo. Um, so they did a 5k run. It was in February of 2020 and had some other runs planned for 2020, which obviously didn't happen, but hopefully we get back to a point where we go from there. But I want to touch on another thing. One of the other points that you mentioned about wanting to lose weight in your journey was the fear of others and yeah. the way that other people were looking at you. And I mean, talking to my wife and other women that have been on the show and stuff like that. It's definitely far more built into a woman's side of the weight loss journey that they're so fearful of what other women are going to think. So touch on that a bit. Like, how did you overcome that? Like, what was your biggest obstacle there? I guess, like, it it came in, like, different, two different, I guess, avenues in my life. So it came with me becoming more comfortable with the exercises I was doing and myself doing them a lot of my insecurity came from I didn't know if I was doing things right which is a is kind of like dangerous if you're doing an exercise wrong and I didn't want that like I was scared that someone would come up and be like hey you're doing this wrong and come and try and tell me how to do it um or I'd hurt myself um but the other side of it was a lot of my confidence like while I was losing weight I also started uh the journey with like very little self-confidence like I was because because of my weight but also just like I guess the way I was I was not super confident in myself so um a lot of my confidence actually came from working like at Bill Gosling with you um because of the different roles I got to play I like going from collections agent which I learned I am not very good at and I don't know if the position in recruitment was offered because I was not good at that or because my personality matched it more but Um, I got to try so many different things, like from that to recruitment. And while it was short lived, that first one, I think everything happens for a reason. So I came back and I got a whole bunch of other experience, like going from quality analyst into like team leader and all of that and back into recruitment. I think it gave me a really, uh, like a confidence boost in a way that I was like, wow, like this is cool. I'm able to do this. And then I was able, I got this job and I've been able to do this really well. And I kind of built my own like self-confidence from all the experiences that I got to have. And then when I got back into recruitment, that was a big thing too. Cause like, I didn't think, I didn't know if I was going to be able to, but I really wanted to. Um, so building my confidence plus just through experience, it's like, um, it's not like I needed anyone to like tell me, Oh, you're great. You're great. You're great. But it's like, I kind of learned it along the way. I was like, you know what? Like I'm doing this and this is me. Like I'm, I was running a team of agents that were like, 
they were amazing. Like I was able to build such a good relationship with them. And like a lot of them I'm still friends with now, like that we had that uh, kind of connection and everyone would tell me like, Hey, Sierra, like, you know, I really appreciate you like sitting down and talking to us about this or like the one-on-ones and stuff. Um, and I don't know, like it built this, it just really built my confidence up in like what I can do. And when I'd start losing weight, that helped too, because then when you see yourself losing weight, like anyone who's lost weight, that's like probably the biggest like confidence boost or like motivator to keep losing weight. Because it's like, when you can do that, you feel like you can do anything because it's like such a crazy accomplishment. So it even, all of this together motivated me even to apply to school. Like I would have never applied to school, maybe not never, but I was doubting the idea of going to school for a while, but just a combination of like my work experience and from exercising and make bettering my diet and stuff. I really built that confidence where I was like, you know what? I can go to school. And like now I'm almost done my first year of university. It was all online, which was kind of crazy um, and definitely an added stressor. But um, it's just a matter of you have to believe in yourself. Like it's you can't rely on other people to boost you up. Like because it's as much as like someone can say you're doing great, you're doing great. Unless you really believe it, it's not going to do anything for you. So I guess it was just a mindset change. And I just started to realize like, now I am doing all of this. Like, this is me. Like no one's making me go to the gym. No one's making me eat better. No one told me to cut out pop. No one told me to start doing intermittent fasting or eat better. Like everyone, like my family is very accepting. So like growing up, no one was ever like, I was never like shamed for being overweight or anything. Like they were very accepting of who I was just as I was. Um, So I think that was a big factor too. It's just something I didn't realize right away, I guess, as a kid. But yeah, I guess just, I don't know, accepting yourself as you are and that like you're okay the way you are. Yeah. And I think that can be a challenge for a lot of people is to accept the way you are. I think I was never ashamed of my body size. It was just something that didn't bother. Just it was who I was. And if you liked it, you liked it. If you didn't, oh, well, kind of thing. (laughs) But as you do start to lose weight, you do all of a sudden start realizing like, oh, okay. This is this is fun. This is exciting. This is rewarding. And you get to go through that. And um, I think it's amazing what you've been able to do and how much weight you've dropped. And I'm glad it's brought in confidence to yourself that you've been able to do this. And I mean, ultimately, when I started losing the weight, it was a part of my success through my business life because I started losing weight while I was at where I was at for 10 years. And then I ended up moving on and getting to go bigger and better events and stuff like that, which was really exciting. Mm-hmm. So uh, be proud of yourself for sure. Um, and sometimes it's not that easy to find, but eventually when you do find it again, it's, it's like that runner's high. It's addicting to want to do it and get through it. So, uh, kudos to you for sure. So I guess then what is the next steps for you? What are we doing now? Um, like next steps in terms of, I guess right now I'm focused, like I've been doing yoga and a lot. So that's kind of, I'm more at a, uh, mental well-being that's kind of where I'm at in my journey um I actually I got to a point where I was doing I, I got myself into like a bit of trouble I was doing intermittent fasting and pushing it really late and I was drinking just black coffee all morning um and this was when I started school so all online I started university and I'd switched jobs so I was in recruitment up until September Um, where I had to switch because I couldn't do part-time there. So I had to learn project management, which is really intense of a 
department to be in. So a mixture, I think, of everything at once is I started giving myself really bad anxiety because I was really stressed with school. I was really stressed with work and I didn't have any time to take care of myself. I was just powering through like coffee, like no tomorrow. And then I wouldn't eat enough because I was, I didn't have time. I was pushing it as far as I could because I was so busy studying. Um, and I started actually giving myself panic attacks, um, which I've never had. And if you ever have, it's really scary because uh, I really felt like I was having a heart attack. Um, and that's when I kind of realized I had to stop. I had to reevaluate what I was doing because it was not working uh, because I was I was missing a key component in what I was doing, which was taking care of my actual like mental health. Um, so I had to just take a step back. I stopped doing intermittent fasting for almost a month. I just ate like regularly. I'd eat breakfast right when I woke up and everything. Uh, I cut out caffeine. I think it's been almost two months now that I've cut out coffee and all caffeine, which was really hard for me because I was really big on coffee in the morning. Like first thing I was not awake until I had it. So, but I had to make a change. So it's, I feel like a big part of it is you just have to be able to like step back and realize when something is off um, and take care of yourself. Cause it's really important to um, take care of your mental health. So I've been doing like, I took some mindfulness classes. I was learning all about that. Um, I even did a bit of like one-on-one therapy uh, to do, uh, I forget what it was called. It was like, uh, focusing on like the positive over the negative and things like that because I got really down on myself um and then yeah so I think the mindfulness and then the yoga was really relaxing they have a lot of um on YouTube there's a lot of like morning yogas evening yogas that are just like really light they're not intensive or anything or ones that you can uh if you have sore muscles there's ones that help like stretch and help like um help you recover from like tough workouts too um but yeah, so I guess like my main thing right now and a big part of why I'm in school is like I want to be able to help people see like the positive through the all the negative because life is always going to give you like curveballs. You're never going to have a smooth path to where you're going. It's always going to be a little bit rocky um, and sometimes you can get kicked down pretty hard and I want to be able to help people get through those like kick down moments. So that's kind of what's kind of motivated me to continue taking care of myself and then also why I'm in school. Like I want to be able to help people with that, like professionally. So that's really, uh, I appreciate you really sharing your story on the anxiety <laughs> and the, the panic attacks. Cause I think mental health is something that has obviously become a lot more forthright than in our society. Like people are more aware of it. I don't think it's something that's new. I think it's always mm-hmm. been there. I think we just talk about it more, but you, what made you get rid of the caffeine? Was that a self-choice? Was that diagnosed by a doctor? Or was that just something you said, I'm going to try something different? That was myself. What I was doing was trying to pull out things that could have been causing me to get such bad anxiety. And I knew I couldn't pull out school because I have, uh, it's a big commitment. I can't pull out of work because I need to stay and make money. Um, so I was trying to think of what else was pushing me over the edge. So that's why um, I tried the taking out the intermittent fasting. I cut that and I just did my regular eating because I figured I wasn't eating enough in that window. So I had to open the window so I had more time that I would eat more and actually meet. Like I was way below my calories that I should have been. And then caffeine, I drink so much black coffee on an empty stomach and any coffee on an empty stomach is bad. Um, And I've been told that time and time again by so many people and I was like, yeah, 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 but I'm fine. But I think that and how much I was drinking more coffee because I was studying and stressed and I was trying to stay up late and things like that. So I just decided that 
I'd try it, cut it out for even just two weeks and see how I felt because I know that can give you like heart palpitations too. So I was worried that that was causing like what I thought to be a panic attack maybe, but it did help a lot getting rid of it. Like I only drink like herbal teas now and like, um, which I've used in place of coffee. So I still have my like hot drink in the morning, which is kind of like a filler habit, but it's healthier. Um, and it's actually helped a lot. Like since I've made the adjustments, like I haven't had any panic attacks and like my anxiety is way lower. Um, but that's also like, uh, towards like the mindfulness practices too, like that, just being present and like, even like you were saying about eating, like where you're just very present in the moment, like you're focused on one thing. It doesn't matter like what you focus on, just being like present and being kind to yourself, like non-judgmental. That's it. That's exciting. So what are you in school for right now? What's psychology. The You're in there. So what's the end goal there from going to school for psychology? So my end goal, uh, I don't know the exact title of my end role, I guess, but I want to be in a role where I'm working with people who have been through either through trauma or been through just difficult situations in life where they feel like they can't get through it. And I want to help people see that you can get through it. Like, there are ways to do it and kind of work through different ways to kind of help them like see their light again, I guess. Well, you definitely got through it and overcome some challenges. Yeah. So I really do appreciate you sharing your story. So before you you go and you, since you're going to be a psychology major one day, what's your biggest advice? I'm going to say specifically to women here uh, want to lose weight and get there. What's your advice to them? Um, I guess my advice is just be kind to yourself. Take your time, like everything, take everything in strides. Like you're not going to be able to switch. A lot of people I find try to do these really drastic changes. And when you do things like that, it's m so much more likely for you to let go of it and go back because it's hard to do like a complete switch. So kind of like what I did with the pop and cutting that out, I would recommend, I guess, trying to do it one step at a time. So find one thing that you can make the change, one thing that you're comfortable with letting go of that's maybe a, a negative or maybe some, or taking on a new exercise, like maybe go for a walk around the block while the weather's nicer. Um, even just getting out and active for a little bit makes a big difference and you're building that habit. And once you start building those healthy habits and you start feeling better, it's almost like a, you create your own motivation. So I'd just say like, Find what works for you. There's no cookie cutter like diet or no cookie cutter exercise that you can do that's going to create like weight loss. It's everybody's really unique in their bodies and how they react to things um, and different diets. So find something that you're comfortable with and that you can stick with um, comfortably where you're not compromising the joy in your life. Um, and then just take it step by step, I guess. So that would be my advice. Well, awesome. I mean, from 2018 to 2021, you've done over 100 pounds is an amazing feat. So congratulations to you. Thank you. Uh, you look amazing. I'm happy we were able to catch up. Um, so please don't be a stranger. And thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. So awesome. Thank you. thank you for listening to the I'll Finish That podcast. If you have a story you'd like to share, let's get it out there to support others during their journey. You can reach out to myself on Instagram or Twitter at, at coach underscore Alvira. Please follow, rate, and review the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Remember, you're not alone. You can do it. You're more powerful than you could ever imagine. Stay fit and have fun. <laughs>